Third week of Advent. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. Uh, what you guys don't know, like when Matt gives me an assignment to teach, he usually gives me about three or four weeks ahead because he knows how I have to hunker down. And uh, I've been doing a lot of wrestling with myself, not with God, but with myself and some of this stuff. And you'll probably have an understanding when I give you some of my testimony um, because I haven't seen it in a while, personally, and I want it back. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll jump off. Father, I thank you so much for your love, just your ministry today to my heart. Open our ears to hear, Lord. Bypass Kevin, and Holy Spirit, do whatever you need to do today in us and through us. We love you. Amen. So I'm going to jump off. Uh, it's on your handout, Isaiah 49. I'm going to read it. And it says this, Go up on a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. And I love this scripture because it talks about from a high vantage point looking out over everything. And our perspective has to be that way from God's point of view, not mine. So we can see the forest through the trees. I'll give you a definition of proclamation and then of herald. A proclamation is a public announcement, especially one dealing with a matter of great importance or a person of great significance, and we know both of those are true today, right? That's what we sang about. And a herald is just the official messenger of that news. And although the book of Hebrews proclaimed him in pictures and shadows, through the prophet's words, through the priesthood, through the person of Melchizedek, through the faithful people of God, through the sacrifices, through the temple, and even through the city of God that is to come. We know that those shadows and pictures have been replaced by what Rick said last week, the true, and what we know to be true. And throughout the Bible's history, we know that men and angels proclaim the coming of Christ. And now the church has the role and privilege of proclaiming what has taken place and what will take place. That Jesus has paid the price for us, for the sin of all mankind, that there is reconciliation and peace with God. And there is hope in this present world. Anne came home the other day, and it was a friend of theirs at, at school, friend of hers at school, and she said, I had no hope. I have no hope. Very interesting thing to say for a Christian. And Anne just began to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ to her. And it broke that thing over her. And so, as I studied this, I asked myself three questions. Why, why do we proclaim? And it, I think I have a keynote, another one. Cool. 
We know that Romans says that the creation proclaims God. Psalm 19 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech and night unto night they show knowledge. Rick gave me a book long, long time ago. I was traveling to Kansas City. He goes, hey, why don't you read this? It was called Adam and His Kin. Real small book, but the author was amazing in how she described that the redemption story is within the stars. And I remember on that airplane going, Lord, I want to I see that. I want to see how, how the stars proclaim Jesus Christ. Because that's what this says. It says in Isaiah 55, 12, that the mountains and hills will break out into shouts of joy. Have you ever heard a mountain shout? And they will shout before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I didn't know trees had hands, but I, 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 I want to talk about when I came to the Lord, June 8th, 1990, it was as, I can remember that as I can remember all my kids' births. You know how you can remember when your kid, I mean, I can remember every, every instant of my kids, but I can remember this too when I was reborn. And I remember sitting, it was a Grateful Dead concert, we were out in the parking lot just partying with everybody, and I looked over at this tree, and I can't, I can't describe it to you, but as, as God took the veil from my eyes, I saw this tree as if it, it was alive. I mean, and I grabbed Dave, and here's what's interesting. The first thing I did was proclaim God to him, seeing this. I didn't have God in my farthest mind, but creation speaks of him. And I look over, and I grabbed Dave, and I said, Dave, what a wonderful world God has given us. And then I said, and how we've screwed it up. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? Luke 19, Jesus rode in right on Jerusalem on the donkey. And everyone shouted, Hosanna, proclaiming him as the king. And some of the Pharisees said, teacher, rebuke. Rebuke them. Rebuke your disciples. What did Jesus say? If these guys be quiet, the stones will cry out. Creation cries out. And as the new creation, guys, we join in with that. It is the extension of who we are. It is the natural reaction of the new creation to proclaim him. When I was, when I was first saved, I didn't have a car, and that's a long story in and of itself, but I'm not going to go there. Um, but Ann's brother, Greg, drove me all around, all around everywhere where I needed to go. He was actually trying to see if I wasn't in a cult or something and, and going crazy. Right, Because that's how radical my conversion was. And all I could do was talk about Jesus, period. And he finally looked over and he goes, would you shut up? Would you just shut up? I couldn't. No. Do <laughs> you need me to get another ride? <laughs> Greg has come to know Jesus Christ through the proclamation of who he is. Um, turn in your Bibles. 1 Peter 2.9, and I want to I show you this, because it kind of was an epiphany for me. Julio read it this morning, 
But Peter, proclaiming and the new creation go together. There's no separation. Um, and I think sometimes when people in the Western church come to Christ, it's like, now you have to go proclaim him. It was like kind of paying taxes. You got to pay your taxes. You got to proclaim him. No, 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 no. It is the natural order of life. And that's what he says. He says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Stop. That's what Jesus did for us. Stop. Now, check it out. So that you, those three little words, so that you may proclaim. You couldn't proclaim him before that, like he's talking about here. The new creation proclaims him in its fullness. And we'll talk about where I don't understand everything, but all, all, I, all it was was it just kept coming out. Everything I started to read started coming out, and I would just tell everyone. That first year, I led five people to the Lord. I look, I look at you right now, and I've led no one since. I'm not ashamed of that, but doggone it, I want that back. I want that back. So Peter himself, who wrote this, remember, he denied the Lord. I don't know him, and he cursed. And it says that in John, Jesus looked right in, right in the eye. Holy smokes. And he left. Fifty days later, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon him, he stood with the eleven, and he proclaimed Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 2. He raised his voice, and he declared who he was. Guys, that's us. That's us. So it is the natural inclination of our hearts to proclaim now. The devil wants to shut you up. Don't. Don't be shut up. We proclaim him. First, 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 uh, Colossians 1, 28, and we proclaim him. Right? And we proclaim him. Anyway, I, I want to definitely get through this. I got a lot. So the second question I ask is, what do I proclaim? Well, Peter says it right here. The first thing is, I proclaim the excellencies of God. I started writing a list, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop. But how about his holiness, the creator of all things? He is complete. He is in need of nothing. He doesn't need me, but he, but he participates with me, right? And allows us, allows us to speak his excellencies. He does not change. He's unequal. He's incomparable. He's infinite. He's eternal. He's the source of life. Oh, by the way, he's life itself. He's omnipresent. That's wild. Have, we, have, have you really thought about it? He's everywhere at the same time. He's omnipotent. There is no end to his power. He's omniscient. He's full of wisdom. He's fully compassionate. He is light itself. He is love itself. He is victorious. He's faithful. And I could keep going. I could keep going. Ephesians 4 says this, 4.15. Speaking the truth in love, 
We are to grow up in all aspects to him, who is the head, even Christ. Most, commentary, most commentaries use this verse as a launching point for us in our relationships, that we are to speak what is true to each other. Like, you know what, Ella, you really bummed me out the other day. I need to tell you the truth so we can... That's not what this, that's not what this is saying. Uh, quick, I'm not a theologian, but a quick um, lesson. To take a scripture out of context, or not to take a scripture out of context, go above it and below it, and it gives you the, the context. And the context was in the doctrine. Not being tricked by winds of doctrine. So what he's saying here is we need to proclaim these things of Christ to us so that we would grow up, so that Christ is rooted and grounded in our hearts. And that, that's what we talk to each other about. That we, speaking the truth, the truth, the truth, he is the truth, we speak that to us. And then we can speak into any situation that comes to us. I remember at work, um, have you ever had these like experiences where, trust me, at Procter & Gamble, you can preach anything but Christ. I'm, I'm not kidding. And we were, I was sitting around talking to a guy, at, uh, his name is Dennis. And now Dennis, it's funny, he's posting a whole lot of stuff on Christ. This was years ago. He's posting on Facebook all about Jesus. But we had this talk about who Christ was. That's all it was. And I felt the Lord say to me, look around you. It's a control room, like a, in a circle. And he says, they're all listening. They're all listening. And it was, it's, it's awesome when those things happen, right? So we proclaim his excellencies. We proclaim his kingdom. This is going to be a dangerous subject that I'm going to bring up right now. What do we proclaim about the kingdom? This is obviously a huge theological issue, but we, we proclaim his divine order. We proclaim his, ex, his ethics, his values, and his practices. But this is where I want to land on, on the kingdom of God. It's power. It's power. Luke 9, 1, 1 and 2. He gave them authority over every unclean spirit, and every disease. And then he said, go and proclaim the kingdom and heal. I had a friend of mine. His name was John. Uh, these guys met him when we were at Mesa Verde. He, I, I got saved and I started writing him in prison. He had his fourth DUI and he went to, he went to prison. His fourth DUI was on Fulton Avenue, right down the, from the pizza place we were at. At four in the afternoon, he wrapped his truck around a, a telephone pole. So I started writing him about my conversion and, and about Jesus. And he started writing, writing me back scriptures. I was like, man, he might have met the Lord. But he came over to my apartment when he got out. And I went, no, I don't think, I don't think you know, he's saying the right stuff. And uh, he was a Jehovah's Witness. So he was using scripture, but it was in his his vein, but he was a bulldog of a guy, just a, I mean, literally, just this 
strong guy, and he troweled cement, and his back was just messed up. And he says, and I go, why are you sitting like that? And he said, my back is messed up. And I said, hey, do you want me to pray for you? I didn't even, I didn't even think, you know. And he goes, what do you, you know, like, what do you mean? I said, let me pray for your back, that you'd be healed. And I, guys, I touched his back, and it went on fire. And I pulled my hand back like I was. I wasn't expecting that, right? I was just going to, oh, Lord, please. You know, yeah, right. Do some begging. Oh, show him that you are alive. I mean, it was boom. And he looked at me and he goes, who's this God you're talking about? And I began to share Jesus with him. And it was, it was so powerful. That happened to me. That happened to me. When God, I believe, healed everything in me when I came to him. And I had to wrestle with me, with myself in these last two weeks, studying this, because I go, I know. I know this is your heart, Lord. He is, he's, he's worried about the whole person. The whole person. Unclean spirits, emotional problem, whatever it is, guys. Are we, are we ready? Say, this is dangerous to the kingdom of, of darkness when we proclaim him, but he, he comes in power when we proclaim. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. My speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and its power. And his power, excuse me. It's not it, it's his and his power. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh-oh. My stuff is backwards. All right, check it out. We also proclaim our relationship with him, not our religion of him. 1 John 1.3 says this, what was from the beginning, what we have heard what we have seen with our eyes, what we have beheld with our hands and handled concerning the word of life, Jesus himself. And this life was manifested to us. And we have seen and we bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. And what we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship, our relationship, is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Do you guys talk about Jesus like he's, like, with you? Like, I mean, honestly, do you remember when Pence did that on the, that morning show with those women? I don't know that show. What is that show again? The View, Right? Sorry, I got to work. I don't get to see it. But I, I remember him saying that Jesus talked to him. Pence, Mike Pence said that, well, Jesus talks to me. Like it was like this is normal stuff. And the girl um, said, well, if you talk to Jesus, that's one thing. But if Jesus talks to you, you you're psycho, right? And she had to apologize, right? Actually, a whole bunch of letters started coming in. <laughs> A whole bunch of letters. And she had to apologize. But, but she doesn't know. But do we speak 
to people, do we proclaim our relationship with him? What he's done. You know, one of the things, Annie had these pictures, I posted one the other day, uh, of a long, long time ago. <laughs> this guy wrote, this guy wrote, you can go on my Facebook and see it, but it was funny. That was so long ago. Um, the funny thing was, is I think those shorts were hands that I was wearing. <laughs> Because I didn't wear colors like that, but it kind of went with my shirt. So, <laughs> yeah, let's, I've, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, but our experiences, and I don't mean experiences like these, our experiences. Do you have a current testimony of what Jesus is speaking to you now? Right? I mean, to be honest, sometimes I think we walk by the mantle and we go, oh, there's a picture of the Holy Spirit. I remember you. And we start thinking back on days and, and things. And, and, and we did. But God, what are you doing now? What are you doing now in my life? And do I proclaim that to my brothers and to other people that don't know him? That's what we proclaim our relationship with him. And we proclaim, where are we at? Proclaiming the coming day. Is that the next one? Look that up. Or put that up. Well, I know, but I thought I could see it here. His victory. Yeah, well, my notes are all messed up, so that's why I'm... I can do this out of memory, trust me. I've had three weeks to just download this thing. We speak of his victory over sin and death, the work of the cross, guys. You know what, I, I, have, I have these uh, discussions with friends of mine about the, the Reformation theology, and sometimes they get a little heated because their point, they point out it, it's just an intellectual assent to knowledge, Right? And I say, no, the more I know and the more I put in me, the more I can explain and take someone's experience and work it through in the cross and what Jesus has done, right? Um, I, don't know, I don't know what the tetramorphicon thing is. I don't, I don't know what, what Dean talks about sometimes. It's like, right? But I do know what Jesus did for me. I do know that I was freed from so many things, and he's still freeing me from so many things, and that I will live forevermore. And I'm going to proclaim that, and I'm going to, and I'm going to tell people that. And the last thing is we're going to proclaim the coming day. It says in the Bible that it is the great and terrible day of the Lord. And I thought about this. I had a little epiphany. Um, no, it was great, terrible. Great. That's for us. It's going to be great. Terrible for others. Does that motivate us? It's going to be great for us. It's the, it's, we're going to go to a, Serious banquet. That's what it says. Or the bride and the groom. How many people like weddings? 
You guys want to dance? Right? We're going to dance. And we're going to, everything's going to drop off. It's going to be great for us. But I'm telling you, it's going to be terrible for others. That should motivate us. Right? And that's where I'm going to get to the how. So, how do we proclaim? First, with humility. In the Old Testament, the herald would come with news. And what would he do? And I'm, I'm going to bow. And he would go down low. And he would grab dirt. And he would drop it on his head. Why? Because it wasn't about the messenger. He laid low. It was about the message. The message was of importance, not the messenger. And our humility enables us to overcome our fear of rejection, guys. Because he's backing us with everything he has. And we are able to hear others. Are we coming with just a shotgun of scripture? Right? Or are we actually hearing? And we humble ourselves before people and listen. And then proclaim Christ to them. With gentleness and respect, 1 Peter 3.15 says, all men were made in the image of God. We need to have reverence of that. That word respect actually is the word phobos, fear. Did you know that? And we, when we speak to people, do we have that reverence and fear of God that he made that person to hear this news. It's important. Obviously, love. May the love of God compel us. Um, massive, massive theological deal. But this is what I wanted to say. In Jude, it says this. Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself, that word is terios, keep, terios. It's like tending a garden so that you might see fruit. Guard your hearts, brothers and sisters, in these days because everything, everything out here wants to squash the love of God in you. I thought about me lately and stuff that I'm going through. God is just dealing with a lot of stuff with me. Um, I don't want to be that guy sitting on the front porch with the shotgun over my legs, going, get off my lawn, get off my grass. Well, I don't have grass, I have rocks. <laughs> get off my rocks. <laughs> Nobody walks on rocks anyway, so I'm, I'm pretty much free and clear. Dogs don't even go on there, right? They walk the dog, they just kind of look at my lawn and go on to the next lawn. But listen, the love of God, let's keep ourselves guarded Let's keep talking, speaking points to us of keeping the embers of God's love aflame, right? Just singing today, just um, the love of God on, on me. It just was so freeing again. And then it says that we regard no man according to the flesh. No man. What does that mean? I was, I was at sunrise the other day. And I was taking a left from the freeway onto Sunrise. And this guy comes barreling almost through the red light, right? 
almost hits this lady. Would a T-boner probably would have done some serious damage. And she honks her horn. I think it was just, and he, he starts like, he starts getting mad at her and yelling at her and doing all sorts of hand signals. And, and I thought, wow, these are the people God's sending us to. The anger, the frustration on people, the discouragement. Keep yourself in the love of God, brothers and sisters, because that, that, that's how they know who we are. Amen? And then I said this, an open display. I wrote this, an open display of force. Huh, what does that mean? Well, not only do we speak, but we operate out of our hands. And I thought in, in, in Jude, the next um, scripture basically says, snatch them out of the fire. The open display. If someone's falling off a cliff, do you... Do you stand back or do you grab them and pull them? And I thought, I thought of a couple things. Um, we were camping at Bodega Bay, and we like to make massive fires, and they're probably not really safe, to be honest with you. I mean, they're not. Um, they're really huge. And we have all these little kids running around, and there's those rings. You know what I'm talking about? those rings, and I saw, and I can't remember if it's one of my boys, or I, I do remember it was, or, or a cousin, and he was like going to go walk up and, and grab the ring and burn his hand, and I had no time for words. I just went, <laughs> I mean, literally, and, he, and he, he looked up at me like, and that's kind of what I'm saying, the show of force. We, sometimes we don't have time, right, with people. There are people that are right here, and we need whatever it takes, guys. I guess that's what I'm saying, whatever it takes to grab them and to pull them out of the fire. Do you know somebody like that? And I'm going to tell you this. What we need to do, uh, and I know in the coming uh, next months or so, we're going to start praying. Let's start praying hard on these things. We have to. How? We seasoned with salt, Colossians 4, 6. Salt was used as a preservative and it was used as a commodity. So our message must be preserved. We don't need fancy smancy new stuff. Preserve the message of Christ and deliver it. Deliver it. And we place the highest value on it. Overall, over everything. Jesus said this, I tell you, and I'm going to read it to you. I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see and hear what you hear. But they did not see it and did not hear it. You have been entrusted with the mystery, as we read this morning, of Christ. Place the highest value on it. And then the last, how? With full conviction and faith. And this is where I've been wrestling. <clears throat> A state of mind in which is free from doubt. Full conviction and faith. 
will God back me up? My word says he, he will. And so I think it's this. I got to take a, a step. And let's see what God does. He said this, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go. Go, therefore, and proclaim me. Heal. Deliver. Set free the captive. This is what we proclaim, you guys. The devil, in these days, I, I really believe, wants to shut us up for good and stop us from proclaiming the Son of God. And there's a ton of people. There is a harvest ready for us. There was a prayer meeting probably before Dean left, and all he said was, the Lord is saying, just sow your seed. Cast your bread on many waters, for in due time it will come back to you. Proclaim, open your mouths, do not be afraid, and proclaim Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen.